One of the big deals in the news today and Facebook and every place else is how divided we are as a nation. And so when we talk about that division, we could say it's because of Democrats and Republicans, or we could say it's because of male and female. Uh, that's always been a division. Or we could say it's between uh, race, or we could say it's between uh, those who have uh, lots of money and those who have none. There's any number of uh, ways we could say this is the thing that's dividing our country or all of the, the above, but I think personally that one of the major factors is those who have wisdom and those who are fools. And the problem is that fools act like fools, and the result is division and conflict and all kinds of uh, stuff that just makes things difficult and hard. So we're going to talk about that this morning, and uh, because you're here doesn't mean that you necessarily have wisdom. That's a good first step, for sure. But it ought to be something you pursue all the time. Uh, and so let me start out by reading Proverbs 3, 13 through 15. How blessed, how blessed. Now, you've heard me say this a, a lot over the years, but in the Bible, there's about 50-plus references to being blessed. And uh, all the blessings that are stated have a condition. That is, you do this, and God blesses you. And there's a number of different conditions that are stated. And 12 of the 50 times, the uh, expression is not just blessed, but how blessed. When you see a how blessed, that's one. it's really important. You ought, to, you ought to pay attention to that one. And so this is one of those. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom finds it, that means it's something that you have to look for. The man who gains understanding, its profit is better than the profit of silver, it's gained than fine gold, she is more precious than jewels. Nothing, 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 absolutely zero of anything that you could get in life compares with wisdom. When you get that, you've got that which is most important. Now, obviously, this is not a uh, yes or no, on or off, it's a degree thing. You're, you're, you're becoming increasingly more wise, a little bit at a time, always growing and becoming uh, more wise. We'll read a verse in a little bit about Jesus that said that He grew. He grew in stature, a reference to Him as a young man. He grew in stature. He got taller and bigger and stronger as a physical man. He grew in stature, and He grew in wisdom, grew in wisdom. And so that's the question, are you? Uh, and if you're not, then wisdom has a way of, of just getting weaker once we stop moving positively, and once we plateau, we automatically will go backwards. So, blessing is always specific. It's not a general kind of bless you kind of a thing. It's very specific. So, I'd like to look at some blessings. There's over a dozen mentioned in the book of Proverbs, but I'm just going to look at about seven of them. Number one, if you have wisdom, you will know. You'll know what to do, what to do, what to say in any and every circumstance or situation you find yourself in. Now, I love that blessing. No matter where you're at, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter how good or bad things are, you will know what to do. You will make the right choice. It may be with your kids. It may be in your marriage. It may be your job. It may be any number of things, but you're faced with this I got to do this or I got to do this. Which is it? Wisdom, you will know. Not only you will know what to do, but you will know what to say to people 
in, situ in situations, you will say the thing that is best and right. And so that little statement there, you will know what to do. And that is, what would Jesus do? See, wisdom is having the mind of Christ. Wisdom is being able to think through situations and problems and circumstances and relational issues the way Jesus would, and to be able to do what He would do. And uh, so the Bible talks about having the mind of Christ. As a believer in Christ, we have that potential. We can think like He does, evaluate like He would, and make choices and talk the way He would if we have wisdom. Number two, those that are wise will be able to discern the character and motives, character and motives of others. Now, this is not a judgmental thing. It's a discerning thing. Every person that you walk up to has a character level, and they have motives for what they do, what they say. And uh, most people are wearing masks, not the kind that goes over your mouth and your nose, but the kind that just projects an image of being somebody or something that they're not really. And uh, their, their goal is to fool you into thinking that there's something that they're not. But when you have wisdom, you will be able to discern motive and character in the lives of the people that come into your life, and uh, you, they will not influence you negatively because you'll understand what their motive is, and you will understand um, what their character is. When my girls, my six girls were young, growing up, starting about the time they were 12, I would make this deal with them, and I renewed it every year, often more often, and so that they never would forget it. And the deal was this, that if anybody asked them to go out on a date, they would tell them they had to come ask me. And I told them, I said, now, you're young, you're a girl, guys always blow smoke. They pretend, they act, and they're not really who they say they are, they're not really the way they're acting are. You won't know that. I'll know it in five minutes what their motive is, what their character is. And so when they come ask me, you trust me as your dad that if I say no, you say no. In fact, you don't even need to say no. I'll just tell them to get lost. So wisdom, you know what motive is. You know what character is. And you will be able to know what truth is and what is false. There's so much information going around today, and you think, what's true? What's true? Wise people know what's true. They know what's true. Our kids were growing up. They all took piano lessons starting at really young age, all the way where they were home. Boys didn't do so well, but the girls all did. They took uh, music lessons and different instruments. They took voice lessons, and so there was always music in our house and our home. I don't sing particularly well. But I like to listen to music, and if, uh, if Bob gets up and sings a solo this morning, and uh, he goes off key, I'll know it, just like that. Now, I won't know if he's sharp or flat or what the problem is, but I get this little shiver. You ever have somebody do a fingernail scratch on the chalkboard, and you get that? That's what I get. When somebody's just off a little bit, off key, I get this little shiver. That's because I've listened to so many, so much music that's right on. So, sometimes when someone says something and it's off, 
you won't know if you have wisdom. You won't know what's off, but you'll get this little shiver. You'll know. Man, there's something wrong. That's not true. You won't know sometimes exactly what it is, but you'll know when you have wisdom. Uh, you won't be one that's fooled and deceived because of wisdom. Proverbs 2.10, wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you, guard you, protect you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways, to deliver you, to protect you from those kinds of individuals. That's what wisdom will do if you get it. It's great in our culture, in our day and age, with all the stuff that's going out, to be able to discern what's true and what isn't. But only those with wisdom will be able to do that. Number three, those who are wise will be honored and favored by God and other people. I have a t-shirt. I don't wear it a lot because I get too many comments about it. It says that God loves everybody, but I'm His favorite. And uh, people read that, and they like to take exception to it. <laughs> and I uh, say, hey, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Uh, so it, the fact that God has favorites is obvious, clear in the Bible. Those who are wise will be honored and favored by God. You'll be in God's favorite list. And so I have people that are my favorites. I'm nice to them. I, I, I invite them to go fishing. They invite me to go fishing. There's other people that aren't, eh, you know, I, I love them, They're, but I don't particularly want to spend a day in a boat with them. You want to be on the favorite list? Be someone who seeks wisdom. And it not only will be with God, but it'll be with people. People are attracted to those who have wisdom, who do the right thing, who say the right thing. Proverbs 3.35, the wise will inherit honor. Fools display dishonor. Proverbs 4.7, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her. She will exalt you. She will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. That's wisdom. Proverbs 8.35, he who finds me, that is wisdom, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Luke 2.52, Jesus, when he was a man, when he was a young boy, kept increasing in stature, in wisdom, and in favor with God and man. So that's what I want to be my life verse, not the stature part. <laughs> I'm going the other way now, hopefully. I lost five pounds since I got back from my fishing trip in Alaska, uh, and so I'm wanting to reduce my stature but <laughs> increase my wisdom and my favor with God and with people. Number four, wise, wise people will be able to influence others, change things by the words that they speak and the things that they do. Now, you know uh, that that's my definition for leadership. What's a leader? A leader is someone who influences people and changes things. They influence people by their behavior, their choices, their words, their character. They walk into a room and things change because of their presence and because of the way they act and the things that they say. Uh, 
How do you become a person of influence, a person who changes your culture, the environment in which you work in, that you live in? You do that with wisdom because you always do the right thing. You always say the right thing, and it changes everything around you when you have that uh, kind of wisdom. It moves people. It impacts people. It motivates people. It gives people hope and confidence when there's someone who says the right thing, does the right thing. Proverbs 12, 18, there is one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword. The tongue of the wise, the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 16, 23, the heart of the wise, a wise person teaches his mouth, adds persuasiveness to his lips. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, healing to the bones. Fifth blessing, wise people are gracious in their speech and know how to create peace and bring unity to tough situations relationally. Wise people are gracious in their speech, know how to create peace and bring unity to tough situations relationally. So, I could ask you this question. Are you a really good fisherman? And uh, you could say, yes. Or you might say, well, not really. So, or I could just go fishing with you. And I could go fishing with you. It wouldn't take very long before I would discern that you're not a very good fisherman. Or you are, simply on the basis of the results. Uh, and so there's a number of things like that. We could say, uh, how do you discern, how do I discern whether you have wisdom or me? What is it as you're around people? What's the most obvious sign that a person has wisdom? And the answer is by the words that come out of their mouth. Nothing indicates more accurately the level of wisdom you have than the words that come out of your mouth, especially when things are a little bit tense. How do you talk? James 3.13, who among you is wise? That's the question. And understanding, let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, you seen any of that on Facebook and the news? Jealousy, selfish ambition in your heart. Do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above. So there's four kinds of wisdom mentioned here. That's just that which you would use as the basis of deciding how to talk and act. Earthly, <clears throat> earthly, you see that all the time. You read it all the time. Natural, that's just kind of uh, sort of our gut reaction, our own personal stuff. Demonic. Fact is, the devil influences people, talks to people, influences their thinking constantly. A lot of demonic, what we would call wisdom, running around the world today. And then there's godly wisdom. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder. Disorder. Uh, that's conflict, division, disorder. Every evil thing, but the wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. 
So there you have it. There's the wisdom that's from the devil. There's the wisdom that comes from the world and everybody's opinion. There's the wisdom that just sort of comes from our own flesh. And there's wisdom that comes from God. And they're obviously different by the results and by the way people act. Number six, those that are wise will be confident, strong, secure, free from anxiety. <clears throat> what creates insecurity is not knowing. It's this why. So when I started getting dizzy and fainted and the EMT showed up and they did my blood pressure and they put me on a gurney and put me in the ambulance and hauled me to the hospital, I knew why. I mean, I didn't think, I wonder if I'm having a heart attack. I wonder if I have cancer. I wonder if I have COVID. Oh. No, I knew exactly why. Now, I didn't tell anybody because I was so embarrassed that I was such a senile old man that I would double up on my medicine. I thought, oh, great, you dummy. But I wasn't worried because I knew what the reason was. See, wise people in the midst of all our chaos and all the confusion and all the hubbub that's going on, wise people, they see beneath the surface, and they know what's driving things. And that understanding gives security. I mean, you can be in the midst of a storm, and when you know not only why, but who, and you know God, and you know what His Word says about the future, uh, then you become a confident, strong, secure person, free from anxiety. And again, that becomes attractive to people who don't have that, that are fearful, they're afraid, they don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, uh, and uh, you will impact their life with your confidence and your security. Proverbs 1.33, He who listens to me shall, be, shall live securely, shall be at ease from the dread of evil. Proverbs 3.17 her ways are pleasant ways, speaking of wisdom, and all her paths are peace. Proverbs 3.23, then you will walk in your way securely. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. That's when you uh, have wisdom. And number seven, a wise person will know what God's will is for their life. Now, one of the basic facts, it's easy I mean, anybody really understands this, that when you do God's will for your life, you'll be successful. When you don't do God's will for your life, you'll be a failure. It's pretty clear. But the problem is, is we often don't know. What's God's will? And if you have wisdom, I talked to a missionary years ago when I was struggling with whether to farm or whether to pastor. I, couldn't, I, I didn't know what God's will was. And I was wanting God to, I wanted a dream. I wanted a fleece thing like Gideon did. I wanted some kind of a writing in the clouds. I wanted an audible voice that said, do this. And this missionary said, that's for children. You need to have wisdom now. You get to be grown up. God expects you to be wise and know what His will is by the wisdom that you have. I thought, oh, great. 
I got to figure this out with wisdom. Proverbs 2, 9, then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course. Then, that means when you have wisdom, wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. So, now the most important thing, where do you buy wisdom? How do you get that? One of the things my dad said when I was a kid is just because you get old doesn't mean you get wise. There's a lot of old fools running around. And over the years, I've thought of that statement repeatedly. I'm old now, and I hang around with old people sometimes in secular situations at gyms and things, and I listen to conversations, and I I remember that comment. Just because you get old doesn't mean you get wise. There's a lot of old fools running around today. So how do you become wise? Number one, a key to growing wiser is to fully understand how dumb we really are. So again, words from my father, he says, a lot of people are dumber than a fence post, but the problem is they don't know it. And uh, those who grow in wisdom are those who know it. And it's interesting, the wiser you become, the more you realize how much more you need and how far you are from what you could be in the sense of wisdom. Proverbs 3, 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Proverbs 26, 12, do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Isaiah 5, 21, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. The first step to becoming wise is to understand how unwise you really are. And then, number two, want wisdom, want it, want it, want it, want it. Never, ever be satisfied. God gives wisdom. It comes from Him, but He only gives it to those who want it and seek it diligently. And so, if you think you're okay, uh, then you're not going to get it. And so, you, you want it. Proverbs 2, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. If you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, search for her as for hidden treasures, then, I might add, only then, will you discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. The Lord gives wisdom, and He gives it to those who seek it diligently, who want it desperately. Proverbs 4, 5, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will guard you. Love her. She will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her. She will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. And so wisdom is not a casual pursuit. It's not a passive pursuit. It's not a thing that I'm getting older, I'll get wise automatically. It only comes to those who desperately want it and seek it with with everything they've got. Proverbs 8, 17, I love those who love me. Those who diligently seek me will find me. Wisdom speaking. Proverbs 8, 11, wisdom is better than jewels and all desirable things cannot compare with her. Proverbs 8, 19, my fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, my yield than the choicest silver. Number three, a basic requirement to acquire godly wisdom is read, faithfully read the Bible. And you know this next line. Every day, 
every day, every day. The Bible is the mind of Christ. It's the very thoughts that He has had that's in the Word, and when we read it, it penetrates our heart and our soul, begins to impact the way we think, the way we evaluate, the way we listen. When we feed ourselves on the Bible every day, every day, every day. I had the privilege of speaking to about 50 um, junior high, high school boys this last couple of days, and uh, I said, I'm going to ask a question I'd really like you to answer. Just raise your hand. The question is, did you brush your teeth today? Only about half of them raised their hand. <laughs> and uh, Matt, the coach, says, this is football camp. They don't brush your teeth in football camp. I brush my teeth every day. I don't know as I've ever missed a day since I was like five. Uh, why? Because I'd like to keep my teeth. I'm getting, I'm almost 72, and I have all my teeth, even my wisdom teeth. Uh, I also drank a lot of milk growing up. Whatever the reason, I've got pretty good teeth. And I brush, I don't brush them three times a day, just once a day. I don't want to wear them out. I take my toothbrush when I go fishing. I take my toothbrush when I go hunting. I take my toothbrush when I climb up Mount Adams. Wherever I go, I take my toothbrush and I brush my teeth every day. How long does that take? I mean, if I quit brushing my teeth, I'd have some extra time. 15 minutes? Not even that long. How long does it take to read five chapters in the Bible? One chapter in Proverbs every day, chapter in Psalms, chapter in the Old, chapter in the New, five chapters. You can do it in about the time it takes you to brush your teeth, maybe a little longer, not much. Very few people read their Bible every day. Your flesh doesn't like it. The world doesn't want it. The devil does everything to keep you from doing it. But if you want to be wise, that's the... I mean, if you don't read your Bible every day, I don't care what else you do. You'll be dumber than a fence post. And you'll be a victim to all the foolishness that's flooding our culture and our world today. Proverbs 19:7, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Psalms 119.97, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Wiser than my enemies. They are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers. Your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged because I've observed your precepts, your word, your law. Number four, God gives wisdom to those who are humble enough to seek it diligently from others. So this is God's method. God loves humility. He gives grace to the humble. And it takes humility to walk up to somebody and say, could you give me some counsel? It could be that you're raising kids and you see somebody that's done that and you ask them, what did they do? It could be that uh, you, marriage isn't quite where you'd like it to be. You see somebody that's got a good one and you ask them, how would you pull that one off? might be that you're struggling in your finances and you see somebody that's done well there and you ask them uh, what they've done, how they do it. You know why we don't do that is because we don't want people to know that we're stupid. And so we pretend. And then things don't go so well because we stay stupid. I uh, started pastoring when I was 29, and I'd come off the farm, and I was dumber than a fence post. 
I knew zero about pastoring, and uh, I went to a seminar, and in the seminar they said the fastest growing church in the United States, five years running, is down in Southern California, pastored by a fellow named Joe Aldridge. Five years in a row, it was the fastest growing church in the United States. He got hired by Multnomah Bible College to be the president. And so I called him on the phone and I said, uh, Dr. Aldridge, you don't know me, I'm a pastor in Jefferson about an hour south of Portland. And I was wondering if you ever had time to meet with me for like 15 minutes, maybe 30, maybe even go out to lunch. He said, sure. You buying? I said, yeah, yeah, okay. Let's meet at Elmer's there, not too far from Multnomah, on such and such a day at such and such a time. So I went up there, and I had me a, a yellow legal pad, and on the yellow legal pad, I'd written about 10 questions with some spaces in between. And we sat down and had a little chit-chat, and so I asked him question one, and he started sharing some information with me. I took notes. I asked question two. I don't know as I got halfway through the list of questions before I'd taken an hour, and I said, wow, this is so much fun. I really enjoyed this. Could, could, I, could we do this again? I, I don't know, a uh, couple times a year, whatever. He said, oh, sure. Yeah, once a week if you want. You buying? I said, really? I mean, you have time for that? oh, I love this kind of conversation. I said, well, you must have a lot of other people doing this. He said, you're the first one. You're the only one that's ever called me on the phone and said, can we have a meeting and ask me these kinds of questions? I said, you've got to be kidding me. You're the pastor of the fastest growing church in the United States, five years running. Nobody has called you on the phone to get counsel from you? He laughed. He says, you know, pastors are a proud lot. They don't want people to know they're dumber in a fence post. He didn't quite say that phrase. I changed that. Uh, I thought, how sad that somebody that has the ex expertise that he does, and it's free, just the price of lunch, and they won't take advantage of it because they don't want people to know how dumb they are. So God has this requirement. He gives us information. He gives us wisdom through other people. And in fact, He will put it in their head when you ask the question so you get the right information if you have the humility to ask. But not many people do. Therefore, they stay stupid and fools. Proverbs 1.5, a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. <clears throat> Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Proverbs 5.12, and you say, how I've hated instruction, my heart spurned reproof, and I've not listened to the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to my instructors. He'll die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he'll go astray. Proverbs 8.33, heed instruction, be wise, and do not neglect it. Proverbs 9.9, give instruction to a wise man, he will be still wiser. Teach him a righteous man, and he will increase his learning. Proverbs 10, 17, he is on the path of life who heeds instruction. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Proverbs 13, 10, through 
presumption comes nothing but strife, but with those who receive counsel is wisdom. Proverbs 15, 22, without consultation, plans are frustrated. With many counselors, they succeed. Proverbs 19, 20, listen to counsel, accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your, of your days. Proverbs 20, 18, prepare plans by consultation, make war by wise guidance. Proverbs 24, 6, for by wise guidance you will wage war in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. And I've only read to you about a third of the verses in the book of Proverbs that say that. And repeated principles are important. Number five, learn from your mistakes and the reproofs that come from God and others for bad choices. So when you do something dumb, there will be a consequence. That's just the way life is. When you make a wrong choice, there will be a consequence. Uh, sometimes it's caused by God, sometimes it's allowed by God, but there'll always be a consequence for poor choices. Now, the problem that people have today is when the consequence comes into their life, it's President Trump's fault, not theirs. When a consequence comes into their life, it's their mother-in-law's fault, not theirs. It's their boss's fault, it's their wife's fault, it's their husband's fault, it's their parents' fault. That blame game is just rampant in our day and age. Nobody is accountable for their own behavior and their own actions, and if you do that, you won't grow in wisdom because you keep making the same dumb mistakes. So, when am I going to double dose on my medicine again? Hopefully never. That wasn't a particularly fun experience. Though I got a lot of sympathy, and, you know, lots of people say, oh, Pastor Duke, we love you so much. It was cool. I, I still don't think I'll do it again. You know, I, I, Sam said he was just about ready to give me my son artificial or, or mouth-to-mouth, and I thought, wow, I'd have woken up quick if he had done that one. And uh, I, I'm not looking forward to that. So, okay, I did a dumb thing. I'm going to try real hard never to do that one again and figure out how to make that happen in my life. Wise people learn from their mistakes, so you only do it once, not twice, not three times. The problem is, is that people don't identify the consequence that comes into their life from the poor choices that they make. And so they keep learning it over and over and over again, sort of like on a treadmill. Proverbs 1.25, you did not want my reproof. I will even laugh at your calamity, is wisdom speaking. I will mock when your dread comes. Proverbs 1.30, they spurned all my reproof, so they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. Proverbs 3.11, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord, nor loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. How blessed is the man, how blessed, there it is again, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. It comes from learning from your mistakes. Proverbs 9, 8, reprove a wise man, he will love you. Proverbs 10, 17, he who forsakes reproof goes astray. Proverbs 12, 1, he who hates reproof is stupid. <clears throat> I made a mistake with my dad once. He started explaining something to me, and I said, I know. And he stopped, and he looked at me and said, why would you say that? I know. You don't know. So listen to me. 
And then I got a bunch of nasty jobs. You know what, my kids, every one of them, at some point in their life when I was explaining something, scolding them, correcting them, they would say, I know. And I would stop and say, why would you say those words, I know? Those are the words of a fool. You just don't want to be told what to do, so you say, I know. Sam, uh, my son Seth was coaching basketball up at the high school, and he came home one day and he says, oh, Dad, it's so frustrating. I said, what's that? You try to teach a kid what to do, and the first words out of their mouth is, I know. I say, yeah, you know, it's sort of like we must be all born with it. That pride that refuses to have someone teach us or correct us. Um, we're just stupid by nature, but we have to choose to be wise. Number six, pray. Ask God for wisdom again and again, again and again. So often when I ask people, how do you get wisdom? This will be the first thing they say, ask. Well, that's right, but the problem is, is if you don't do the first five that I mentioned to you, this one won't work. You don't read the Bible and say, Lord, would you give me wisdom? I've got to make a choice. You're on your own, buddy. You don't listen to counsel. You don't ask for counsel. You don't learn from mistakes, and then you ask God for wisdom. It's going to be a prayer that He doesn't answer. So you seek it diligently like gold, silver, precious treasure. You get counsel from people that have wisdom. You learn from your mistakes. You read the Bible every day, every day, every day. <clears throat> and then you ask God. I ask every single morning without fail. Lord, I need your wisdom today to navigate through life. Would you grant it to me, please, abundantly? So, who was the wisest man that ever lived? Solomon. Why? God appeared to him in a dream and said, what do you want? He said, wisdom. And he gave it to him. He became the wisest man that ever lived. So who was the dumbest man that ever lived? Same dude. Solomon. Proverbs. Book of wisdom. Ecclesiastes written by a fool at the end of his life. What happened? I mean, you talk about a slide, wisest man, dumbest man. How'd that happen? He only asked once. Never ask again. Because when he got it, I'm Solomon. I'm the wisest man on the earth. And then he became the dumbest man on the earth. You might say, how do you know that? He had a thousand wives. I won't go into that. <laughs> Proverbs 2, 3. If you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, search for her as for hidden treasure, then, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, notice that. Lacks wisdom. If you don't acknowledge that, admit that, then the rest of the verse doesn't work. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach. It will be given to him. God gives wisdom. God is all-wise, all-knowing. 
created the world, created everything by His wisdom, and He will give me His wisdom if I seek it diligently like silver and gold, if I learn from my mistakes, uh, if I seek counsel from people in my life, and then I come and say, Lord, would you grant me wisdom? And He'll answer that prayer. So, I got on the scale this morning. Oh, look at that. Down another pound. Wouldn't it be cool if I could get on a scale and say, ah, wiser yet. I'm increasing in wisdom. Wow, cool. Thank you, Lord. So, how are you doing in that department? Are you growing, increasing in wisdom every day of your life? If you're passive about it, you won't. You won't. And so, want it, want it, want it, want it, seek it, seek it. And God loves to give wisdom who want it desperately. He really does. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for creating us in your image and in your likeness. Thank you that we have the capacity to grow and to change. And you delight to give your wisdom to us when we know we need it and we seek it diligently. And when we have it, Lord, we have everything. We can think like you. We can act like you. We can talk like you. We can change our world. We can influence people. We live our life with confidence and security. We have an insight and understanding. I pray that every person, Lord, in this room would hunger and thirst, would seek it like silver, gold, precious treasure, would come, come to you daily asking, 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 and Lord, would every day read your word and allow the, the wisdom of your words to penetrate our heart and our minds. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.